Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline to break down Big Sky Conference basketball, the NCAA tournament, and Grizz Spring football. It is the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. Riley, it is great to chat with you, man. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, Anthony. The sun is shining. Grizz football's back on the practice field. We got March Madness. I mean, come on, it's starting to feel more like normal. It feels, uh, feels great, especially in this sports world. Great to be talking with you again. Absolutely, Riley. And you mentioned the NCAA tournament. We're going to get Riley's picks for the East region of the bracket a little bit later on in the show. But, Riley, let's just start there. Obviously, I asked you about just being there last week in Boise for uh, the Big Sky Conference tournament when things did get shut down. We didn't even get to an NCAA tournament before things were shut down. So just your thoughts. I know you're a big college basketball fan, just like me. Uh, I'm sure you filled out a couple of brackets already. So how excited are you for the first and second round of the NCAA tournament? I am elated. I think with a lot of sports fans here, and even more fitting, Anthony, that they've made it now on Friday, Saturday. So I have a feeling there's not going to be much production work-wise around the country on Friday, (laughs) especially over the weekend. But it's great. It really is a great example of how sports can tie people together. And people maybe that don't follow sports as close as me and you do on a daily basis. But this is an event that every single person knows about. I mean, I, my sister's not really into sports, and she still fills out a bracket and is kind of in tune with it. So I think it's very fitting, too. And as you mentioned, kind of the one-year anniversary of all of this um, sparking up and us not having an NCAA tournament last year, it's really kind of like a, a binding tie for everybody. And I, I like it to feel this year maybe even more excitement than normal. And as we're going to get into, this, uh, this bracket is pretty interesting. There's a lot of intriguing matchups early, and then – the crazy X factor of it all being played at one site. So is that going to provide more upsets this year? I kind of have a feeling maybe. So uh, a lot of things to discuss, but overall just absolutely elated that uh, we are talking college basketball and we got a bracket to discuss. Riley, going back to last week, I asked you about Montana and what would be the key for them to try and get to Saturday night. They didn't quite get there. They got very close. But overall, what did you think about how the Grizz basketball team performed at the Big Sky Conference Tournament? I mean, all things considered, Anthony, I would would have to say it was a success. I mean, this young team, we've talked about the narrative all year long. They came in, and, and we said this on your show last week, that there were clearly three teams better than everybody else, and that was Southern Utah, Weber State, and Eastern Washington. Well, the Grizz were able to break that mold and beat one of those top three teams. And for that one glimpse, it was not the whole year, and it makes you really appreciate those special teams from 2018 and 2019. But for one 40-minute game against Weber State in the quarterfinals, Big Sky Tournament, top two programs in the conference playing in prime time, it felt normal again. It felt like Grizzly basketball, and they really put together their best performance of the year. And that's going to be kind of what I take away from this tournament, and especially this season for the Grizz, is that they came together despite a ton of adversity, COVID adversity, um, team roster um, a little bit in flux throughout the course of the year, and all of that stuff too. So they were able to battle through um, all of the adversity, power through at the end. They kind of came together as a group. Uh, the group that was left, and they pulled off the win over Weber State. The game the next day, I know a lot of people are going to want to talk about it. Eastern Washington, let's just call it what it is. They they were the best team in the league all year long. Um, it was a matchup nightmare for Montana. They didn't have a big guy down low. Eastern, that's their strength. They got the MVP in the league and his little brother, so they were able to kind of pick on Montana down low. Um, and so that one 
kind of is what it is as far as Montana. They kind of ran into a wall, and it goes to show you also, Anthony, how hard it is to win three games in three days and four games in four days. The Grizzlies played on the first round of the tournament for the first time in quite a while, and I think they hit a wall on Friday against Eastern as well as just running up into uh, against just a better team, quite frankly. Riley, though, for just a second, as Montana State played earlier than you guys against Southern Utah going to OT, there was a glimpse for just a second that it might have been Montana versus Montana State for a Big Sky title, considering the fact we had no uh, Grizz Cat game for football and we didn't have either one of the basketball games during the regular season. That storyline was awful appetizing, and I'm sure you were thinking about that as a potential uh, happening for Saturday night. Oh, my goodness, Anthony. You better believe it. That one hour in between after the Cats upset Southern Utah and the Grizz were getting set because you had to have an hour in between due to COVID protocols this year, I was scrambling as far as looking up history. When was the last time it happened and and all of that? It was so much fun, the excitement level. And, again, for the folks that maybe didn't hear it last week, it would have only been the second ever title matchup between those two. 1986 was the last time. And part of me was thinking, you know what, in this wild year, uh, it would be only fitting that it would be the Grizz and the Cats to go to the NCAA tournament. But, um, unfortunately, once the game tipped off, that dream kind of got uh, dashed pretty early for Montana. But uh, it was certainly a, a fun possibility, and that was a great upset. I mean, it, it was not even close, Anthony. The two best games of the weekend played in Boise or the week in general were the Grizz beating Weber State and then the Cats upsetting top-seeded Southern Utah. It's interesting, for the Big Sky Conference, 13 of the previous 14 years, the number one seed has at least made it to the championship game. So that was a monumental upset for a couple of different reasons for MSU. Right now, we are with the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran. Riley, let's turn the page real quick to some spring Grizz football. Uh, Practices have already begun. And I was talking about this last week, my top five questions for this team. I don't think the quarterback position is a question. I think it's a position of strength because it doesn't really matter who they put under center. It seems like these guys thrive one way or another with that coaching staff. But it is interesting because... Cam Humphrey, obviously a redshirt senior, seems like going to be the guy. But Chris Brown was pushing a little bit a couple of years ago as a uh, freshman. He seems really talented. you got Kirk Rigal as well transferring in. That quarterback room is really, really competitive and with some great talent as well. It is, Anthony. And I think that competition is what drives Coach Halkin. Has really this depth as the depth is built over the last three years under him, that's been a big goal. And when Montana's good, it's because you are pretty comfortable with who is going to be next in line. So the fact that we're even talking about how loaded of a quarterback room it is, is a good sign for Montana. In my estimation so far, to me, there's a clear front runner. I think Cam Humphrey, for what he did last year, I mean, people forget what he did at Portland State, leading them to a road win, throwing for a couple of touchdowns, over 300 yards passing. He knows what it takes, and I think he's the clear front runner right now. It's great to see um, good good signs of Chris Brown, the youth, Rigel coming in here as a, a transfer. He's got a little bit of everything, and I think that's what Coach Rosenbach, Coach Houck, they wanted when they're kind of orchestrating this offense is just to have a lot of different variety and options, and you have that um, just with the skill set of all four of them. I think that Cam Humphrey is the most complete of the four. I mean, with Chris Brown, you've got a rocket arm. Um, with Robbie Patterson, the transfer, you got the legs. With Rigel, you got the experience at the Division One level. So, again, it's kind of pick your poison. There's a lot of strength in that quarterback room. But, uh, again, I, in my estimation, Cam Humphrey is uh, the clear favorite, though, as the Grizz embark on this spring season. 
Another aspect of that offense, which was so good in 2019, was the wide receiver group. Obviously, Toure, Akem, great wide receiver wide receiver duo. The best had we had a season last year, but Toure now over at the University of Nebraska. Who slides into his spot? Because we know Akem is going to be that number one wide receiver. Who slides potentially, you think, into that number two role? I think that Mitch Roberts is poised for a breakout year. He's the Missoula product, and he's had to sit behind some pretty good wide receivers and learn the last couple of seasons, but he's poised and to no discredit of Samori Toure, he's breaking records and he deserves to go to Nebraska. But I think a lot of people forget Anthony that through the first nine games of the season, the clear number one receiver was Sammy Akim for Montana before he went down with an injury that provided the opportunity for Toure. He took it and ran with it. But Sammy Akim is a bona fide number one receiver He's going to carry a lot of the heavy lifting, but when you talk about Mitch Roberts, he has made leaps and bounds. Um, Gabe Solster coming back from an injury, he is also going to be in the slot. Keelan White is a name that I would maybe circle if I'm a, a Grizz fan or just wanting to know maybe a diamond in the rough. We saw him for a couple of games last year. Great story. Dave Dickinson actually helped out with the recruiting process um, to get Keelan White from British Columbia here to Montana came as a walk-on, really impressed the coaches, and I think that he is also maybe poised or will have the opportunity for some breakout performances. So I think Mitch Roberts is ready to take on that number two role. Gabe Solster coming back from an injury, Keelan White um, in the mix, and then as well as the, maybe the number one receiver in the country and Sammy Akam. Although they lose someone as talented as Toure Anthony, I don't think this wide receiver group is going to miss a beat. Riley, you've had a chance to see these guys obviously working out. I know Coach Houck has talked about it, but I think this is one of the more underlying subtle storylines of the fact that teams didn't have a football season last year. They literally spent an entire year in the weight room. Now, obviously, there were times where it kind of went off and on, um, but more time in the weight room in a full year there. I know something that Coach Houck talked with you on your podcast, Inside the Den, was those weight gains. How much have you seen from that, and, and how big do you really think that is? I think it's massive. And Dan Ryan came in as the new strength coach, and they've kind of shifted up the strategy a little bit in that weight room. And they are big being the Grizz. I mean, the O-line is the first um, kind of, I mean, big observation you see that they look like a deep offensive line where you could go seven, eight, nine down the line. And they've bulked up with the one player in particular, Anthony, is Marcus Knight, the Grizzly running back, because uh, he set all sorts of records last year, and he really – didn't even bulk up yet. He was waiting around 200, 205. Well, now he's pushing 220. It's solid muscle. He's bulked up. He's got two more years remaining. That's a pretty scary sight for everyone else. So, yes, absolutely. The strength and the weight gains were real. This Grizzly team, and it's a little bit bizarre, right? Because in the last year, we have seen, you know, maybe teams and players going in different directions. This Grizzly football team is really unified, Anthony, and kind of their thinking and their mindset, and they all kind of once the disappointment of no fall, um, no fall season kind of set in for them, they really were determined and on the same page moving forward of, hey, let's buckle down in the weight room. Let's take care of that aspect. And then we're ready to return to the field. That We'll be ready for that too. So it's been really fun to watch and for good reason. I am uh, very excited to see this team on the field. My featured guest is Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Coming up next here on the Knock On Sports, we get Riley's picks for the East region of the NCAA tournament next here on the Knock On Sports. Think about where you were one year ago today. What were you planning for? Whether or not you planned for a new challenge, you got it. And most importantly, 
you succeeded. Cooking at home, learning at home, and banking at home. At Whitefish Credit Union, we understand you've been through a lot. And as you move through the year, just know we'll be right there at your side. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. The NCAA tournament gets on later this weekend in Indianapolis. And joining us right now to make his picks in the NCAA tournament for the East region of the bracket, it is Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. Riley, we're going to start off with this. I'm going to give you the field or Gonzaga. Who are you going with to win the national championship? I, oh, good. I'm glad you're at least giving me this question first because I see that you saddled me with the toughest region being the East, <laughs> Anthony. That's the most wide open here. So uh, at least you're going to give me this question off the top. I will go with the Zags. I'll take the Zags against the field. I think it's their year. I think that um, with the nature of their schedule, everybody's trying to just knock them down and say, okay, well, they don't play good competition and just try and dismiss Gonzaga. But the fact is they are clearly – the best team in the country and all these other number one seeds and everyone else have, have been knocked down and not been as consistent. So I am with that, with a little bit of conviction as well, Anthony, I will take the Zags against the field. All right, let's get down to our picks here. We'll start with the number one seeded Michigan Wolverines taking on the 16th seed. And this is a play in game. Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Who do you got here? You know, I think I'm going to go with Michigan. I've seen this team up, up close in person. A side note, uh, Anthony, Texas Southern actually has a former Grizzly in Carl Nicholas. Um, he had a double-double in, in their championship game to win the SWAC for Texas Southern. So I may be more intrigued to see if Texas Southern can play Michigan, but I'll take the Wolverines to move on. LSU versus St. Bonaventure. Total coin flip game. I'm going to go with LSU, but on the confidence meter, this one's probably a 1 out of 10. <laughs> Um, yeah, 8-9, that's a coin flip. Well, I was about to say, it's not going to get much easier because you look at here, the 12-5 matchup, Georgetown just coming off a Big East title and a team that was picked at the bottom of their league in the preseason, Georgetown versus Colorado, who do you got? Uh, I'm going Georgetown. I like the 12-5 upset here. I mean, the, the NCAA tournament this year is what have you done for me lately and in this weird season with you know all neutral sites, essentially, Georgetown's playing their best right now. If you can go beat Creighton, who's a, they just beat a five seed by 25 points being Creighton in their Big East title game. So I surely think they can go beat another five right now. Florida State taking on UNC Greensboro. Who do you like? I'm not messing with your Seminoles, Anthony, being a Florida guy. I'm, I'm taking Florida State. I've liked them all year long. BYU versus Michigan State or UCLA? Actually, we probably should pick that game. Uh, Michigan State or UCLA first? I'm going with Izzo. You trust? You got to trust Izzo here in, in March. You're seeing that guy coach and just the difference. That, and I actually, I actually like the fact too of a team that has the playing game. It doesn't really affect them. And this is funny because it goes back to the the Grizzly strategy as well. But it doesn't really affect the team fatigue wise until game three. So I'm actually taking Michigan State to beat UCLA and to upset BYU. Oh, and to upset BYU. All yeah, right. I'm taking I'm t- Izzo to the second round. I'm taking it. Uh, Texas versus Abilene Christian. Texas, all the way. They're they're on a roll. Interesting with Abilene Christian, but uh, I'm going with Texas. UConn versus Maryland. UConn got a, UConn is red hot right now, and I uh, kind of like the guard play. They've been injured most of the year, so they were about six and six, and they've won about nine of their last ten games. So uh, give me UConn to advance. And then number two seeded Alabama taking on Iona. Rick Patino, I own unbelievable stuff. I'm actually going to 
be at this game with Coulter Nuanez in Indianapolis, and I'm really excited for it. I'd love to see the upset, but roll tide here. Alabama's going to move on. Riley, this isn't football, man. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. It's crazy, though. There's the, the, you look at the final four here that I've got, there's a, there's a lot of football presence here with a couple of teams. It's interesting, but Bama's pretty darn good, Anthony. I know it surprised me. The SEC this year, Arkansas was really good. Bama was really good. The traditional SEC powers were not that great. LSU was good, obviously. They've been pretty good, but it was really surprising in the SEC this year. It really was. I mean, you look at the championship game, which is epic, by the way, between Alabama and LSU. Neither team had won their conference tournament title in over 30 years. I thought that was extremely fascinating. But uh, Bama's got a special feel this year. I, I mean, their coach called out Coach K in November, so you know that he's feeling pretty confident about his team if he's going to call out Coach K. <laughs> Very true. And speaking to that, let's get to the round of 32. UConn versus Bama, who do you got? I would love to pick the upset here, but I'm riding the Alabama train. I'm going to take Alabama to move on. Texas versus Michigan State. Michigan State's going to hit the wall in this game. Texas moves on to the Sweet 16. Then Georgetown versus Florida State. Same strategy for Georgetown. See, I'm being really bold, Anthony, in the first drop. But when it comes to the nitty-gritty here of moving on to the Sweet 16, give me Florida State to move on. I'll tell you what, though, that's going to be a hell of a coaching matchup between Leonard Hamilton and uh, Patrick Ewing. Oh, my gosh. That has the potential to be one of the most dynamite second-round games. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Patrick Ewing, they got that swag going. But Florida State, it's like when they want, and you've seen it because you've watched them most of the year, when they want to turn on the Jets, they can beat anybody. They just had a couple games where maybe they weren't as interested. I'm taking the, the gamble a little bit that Florida State's going to be pretty interested for these games this weekend. Well, and also, too, you get the Billing Skyview product, Raekwon Evans with the Knowles as well. So we'll see if we can go. And then you got Raleigh Wooster over at Utah State. So Montana, even though the Grizz aren't in it this year, still well well represented. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason Colter Nuanas and I are going out there, Anthony. There's a lot of angles. Raleigh Wooster, Raekwon Evans. You got the Wayne Tinkle angle, of course, That's true. at Oregon State. And then, of course, uh, watching Eastern Washington against Kansas. So we're kind of looking at it since there's four big sky angles or four Montana angles you can take. And certainly Raekwon Evans is one of them. Michigan versus LSU. Who do you got going in this one? I'm going, I'm going Michigan on that one. So pick some upsets in the first round, but I've got one, two, three, and four in the Sweet 16. All right. So going to the Sweet 16, Michigan versus Florida State. Who do you got? All right, it's upset time here. I think Michigan's not healthy. Isaiah Livers is a huge piece to what they want to do. Florida State's strength is their depth. I'm taking Florida State to knock off the number one seed and move on to the Elite Eight. All right, and then you got Texas versus Bama. Great. This will be, if this matchup happens, Anthony, circle it down, mark it down that we talked about it now because this will be the game of the tournament potentially. I'm going to take Alabama to win a nail-biter. Uh, that's going to be a fun one there. Then we move on to the Elite Eight, the East Championship, and to move on to the Final Four. Who do you got, Florida State or Alabama? I, you know, I can't believe that I have one of these teams in the Final Four. I think that it also, I don't know, I don't think either one of these teams are the best four in the country, but with the way that the draw worked out, I am picking the Alabama Crimson Tide to move on to the Final Four. Wow, Alabama is there. So as we have completed our guest show bracket with Riley Corcoran here, we have our final four as we had Alec Boffinger complete the West, uh, Mark Moses complete the South, Jordan Hansen complete the Midwest, and Riley Corcoran completing the East. The final four is Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, and Alabama. That's not a bad final four. 
it's a pretty good Final Four. I uh, I would agree with that. I'm going kind of crazy on the two at the bottom, Anthony, because I think the two best teams have been Gonzaga and Baylor in the championship game with Gonzaga winning. That is pretty good. I like that as well. That would be an exciting matchup. It's going to be really, really interesting because if we do get those teams there, it's just such an exciting matchup to see what could potentially happen in college basketball. Riley Corcoran joining us, voice of the Grizz. Riley, I know you're going to be over in Indianapolis. Uh, you're going to be doing the show with uh, Nuanez now, and you and Culture are going to have a ton of fun. Uh, I don't know if you guys got any room in your bags. I mean, I'm pretty compact and small, so if you guys got any room, let me know. We absolutely do. We'll get all of the all of our radio shows and podcasts covered between the three of us. You just make sure you drive down tomorrow morning and uh, fit in our suitcase before we fly out tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Riley Corcoran joining us. Riley, if people want to follow the Inside the Den podcast, how can they do it? GoGrizz.com slash Inside the Den. Some great stuff on there from Coach Houck. Um, getting ready for spring ball. Kent has them. Kind of an update on what the football ticket situation is going to be and then be on the lookout Next week, we'll really ramp up Grizz football coverage with podcasts as well as coaches' shows leading into those games in April. Riley, you have a safe trip to Indianapolis. Enjoy the first and second round of the NCAA tournament and look forward to chatting with you again soon, my friend. Always a pleasure, Anthony. Enjoy the madness, my friend.